for joining us, man. We're super, super stoked for you to be here. Um, diving, diving right into it, man. Um, I want to talk about firstborn. That's one of the things okay. that, that I want to jump into. But first, I guess we do need to talk about, uh, you know, growing up here. You mentioned before we started recording, um, that you started out in Westlaco. You were born in Houston, started out in Westlaco. <laughs> so tell us what, um, tell us what growing up in the Valley was all about. Like, what was it like? Man, uh, so I grew up in the Valley in the 90s. And, you know, the landscape is still pretty much the same. Definitely. As far as I can remember, HEVs have gotten bigger. (laughs) Carl's Jr. is not around anymore. I just remember grocery stores, apparently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Albertsons tried to make a pop-up. Albertsons crumbled. Got demolished. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, no, I spent the majority of my life in Westlaco. from my early childhood years to uh, to a, when I would say I was about 16, I just knew Westlaco. Uh, this is like pre-internet. Um, this is, uh, you know, before I had a car, before, I, you know, I started getting into music or anything like that and started making friends outside of Westlaco. Um, and I just knew the rest of the valley uh, through long drives. I'd go to McAllen if I needed to go to mm-hmm. the mall. I go to Harlingen if I needed to go to a mall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then I would just, uh, and then I knew the island and I knew Gladys Porter's zoo. Yeah. My dad is a police officer in San Benito. Uh, he's actually getting ready to retire here in oh, November. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy. My mom, uh, she worked in, uh, we live in Westlaco. She worked in McCook at the time, which is about an hour maybe ish outside of north of edinburgh okay and yeah so it was a uh, she had a she worked for shell oil company there and uh yeah uh so you know uh the valley in the 90s was uh not very well westlaco in the 90s wasn't mm-hmm. they didn't have a whole lot going on mm-hmm. not that i knew of anyway yeah um but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty boring for what I could remember. I had to make a lot of my own entertainment. Uh, I had close friends growing up. Me and my cousins got along. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't poor per, per se, but uh, growing up, we rented a house for a long time that I have fond memories of. And then when I was about 12 or so, um, my parents were able to build property on the outside Side, uh, out uh, outside of city limits yeah. uh, of Westlaco. And it was cool, man. I grew up in a very rural area. So I was kind of surrounded by uh, lots of open fields. Uh, so I grew up around like snakes and, uh, you know, javelina out there. Definitely. Uh, there was some, there was a lot of farmland. So I'd see a lot of like uh, horses and cows and stuff like that. And then, uh, so, you know, that's like my early, early years of growing up and, uh, you know, my, yeah. And then, uh, it wasn't until about, I was 16 years old when I started getting introduced to the local music scene, which I didn't know uh, was a thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think my very first show, I saw the December drive in Edinburgh at, uh, some burger joint. Uh-huh. And uh, it was it was the December drive. Rob is three fifths robot, 
and I want to say yoink. And it was it was a fun time. And I just remember being there and just like, oh, my God, what what is this? And so then, like, I started exploring more and then I started realizing, like, I got to get out of just what's like, you know, for sure. Internet yeah. was a little bit more available. Uh, message boards were uh, becoming a big thing. And I was meeting new people through message boards. And then I got connected with Enthos. And, uh, you know, I just started uh, just started searching for this stuff. So yeah, and then uh yeah. Would you say that it was music um that was like your primary gateway out of Westlaco, or at least it expanded your horizons a little bit? You mentioned creating your own entertainment. Was music like your main source? No, I I wouldn't say my that music was my main source for entertainment. You know, I I played a lot of video games as a kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, (laughs) a lot of a lot of Sega. Uh, I would go to the arcade in Harlingen uh, for a, sh- a hot minute. There was this Nickelodeon arcade there. No snap. Um, yeah. Uh, Wessico used to have a little spot too that had a golf course. And that's this really warped floor as well. And in this uh, little room, they had a bunch of little arcade games. Um, I used to draw a lot. Uh, I suck at drawing. I hate I hate looking at myself <laughs> draw now. Uh, but uh but I used to do that a lot. And so like, that's what I mean. Like I was just trying to entertain myself. Cause you know, I, I used to read a lot. I used to read a bunch. I used to like, my favorite thing to do was read goosebumps books. There you go, man. Ooh, <laughs> As teachers, are, we love to hear it. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I know you mentioned uh, some bands that you had seen, but like what genre would they fall under or like, you know, style of music would they fall under? Curious. Uh, man, I would, uh, it's like this, uh, this uh, bridge between punk and emo, um, mm, okay, and that and that's that's where I got connected. And it's strange uh, because a lot of styles were very regional. It felt like uh, just from growing up in in Westlaco, yeah, I felt like there was this uh, this there was there was a couple of punk bands. But it really felt like there was this weird, dark black metal scene. There was always this one band <laughs> that was playing. Since I had been in high school, uh, they had always been playing shows. It was called In Asunder. Uh-huh. And this band was there for years, went through, filtered through members. And I don't, I don't know anything other about the band. Yeah. Other than that, they were called In Asunder and they had been playing for years. And they were just this black metal, death metal band. Uh-huh. But then like, but then I think about like areas like Brownsville and Brownsville's weird. Uh, I remember going to shows in Brownsville mm-hmm. and the scene was just kind of like this, this mixture of people who love goth synth wave stuff, like the cure okay. meets joy division. And then it would also hang around the very dark black metal scene. And I just, <laughs> I couldn't get it. And so, and, uh, and, but I never saw that kind of vibe anywhere else. And then in Harlingen, <laughs> Harlingen's different. Harlingen's trying to like be this like peppy party vibe, it seems like. But the way they uh, approach it is through uh, uh, not reggae. Uh, ska? What's that? What's, ska? Uh, not ska. No, no, not, not ska? ska. What do people listen to when they go to the island? Uh, it's Where not reggae. No, it's not reggaeton. Uh, it's maybe reggae. I don't remember, but it's like, 
it's like everybody's playing that same sublime song oh yeah. okay well you know in i get the genre you're like pointing towards but yeah, yeah yes i forgot the word and it's it's one word and i can't remember one word two syllables <laughs> sounds like i don't know <laughs> But uh, oh, but yeah, no. Uh, but it'll come up like maybe fifteen minutes <laughs> <yeah>. later. <laughs> it'll pop up. Yeah, but but yeah, man. Uh, finding out the music about the music scene in the valley and how it was just kind of spread out kind of helped me visit the valley a little bit more, you know. Uh, and uh, but that was again like later on. I think I was like eighteen at the time, and I was driving a little bit more too. And this is when I was a little bit more involved in these message boards as well. Yeah. I feel yeah. like um, all it takes is that that one show to kind of open your eyes to everything that the Valley has to offer. Like uh, oh, yeah. in a past episode, we talked about um, one of my first shows being at the McAllen Incubator and oh, wow. seeing like <laughs> 200 people fill up a, you know, 60 cap room and yeah. uh, just being able to see all of these bands and, and see all these like older kids like playing music and being like, oh, snap, like that's yeah. something that I really want to do. Obviously, oh, yeah. your band um, was, uh, I think you guys were playing, you guys were definitely playing like way before I moved to the Valley. I moved to the Valley in 2008, but um, my roommate, Alex Martinez, Alejandro Martinez, absolutely loved you guys uh he threw one of your um farewell shows because i know firstborn had a few farewell shows can you talk That's about right. <laughs> can you talk about just just briefly give us like the um i guess the quick origin story of firstborn like what you guys were all about how you came together um, oh man quick yeah and just what whatever yeah whatever else like you care to care to comment on sure Okay, so as far as Firstborn, uh, Firstborn from the Dead, uh, it, the band started off with uh, three guys. And there, there was uh, my buddy Gilbert and my buddy Izzy. The Gilbert is a guitar player. Izzy is the original drummer. And they had a vocalist who moved to Corpus for school, and his name was Danny. And so in 2004, uh, they put... They actually put, a, uh, I used to be in a message board for Enthos. No, no. Yep. For Enthos. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, man, I wish I could remember this very well, but they had uh, put up a post on this message board saying like, Hey, we're a local band. We're looking for a vocalist. Yep. Uh, we're going to be at a show, uh, a haste the day show that Enthos brought down in 2004 at the old, vibe uh, theater it used to be a movie theater oh I, I forget the plaza that it is in but it was called the vibe for uh, for a hot minute okay and uh and so i met them there uh, i had responded to their message like hey i want to try out you know i'm 18 19 at the time and uh, i was like you know i want to do this i want to see where this goes and see see what we can do and i had fun man it was just the three of us uh, I remember I showed up for practice. It was at the drummer's house in his bedroom. And uh, it was it was a, an experience. It was my first, it was like my second time meeting these guys. He lives out uh, like North Edinburgh, mm -hmm. like on 281, like right off of 281. Yeah. And uh, and I just remember showing up and like, all right, how do we do this? I was like, 
they had a little a little amp that I just plugged into it. They had a mic and they were just playing jams and I was just yelling into it. And I was like, okay, I guess this is what I can do, you know? And they, <laughs> the they dug it. trust that goes into that. Sorry, but like answering <laughs> a message board, driving out, I was like, all right, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to see. Yeah. Sick. yeah and it was it was fun man it was wild and so like uh they liked what they heard we uh we just got uh we just went for it and i remember one of my first shows with the guys i was super nervous and i thought it was super lame okay first the first show it was a talent show and uh the guys wanted to uh have like a a very uh uh, dramatic intro so they they had used this like a uh, this intro to some other band's album and they're like we're gonna use this and then we're gonna start playing and then you can start i was like oh man that's weird man but okay whatever <laughs> and it, you know I, I they they were really excited about being in the band it was my first time being in a band yep. like that or just oh i mean i played in the talent show but it, this was just like a whole other level for me and uh, I didn't know what to expect. I, I'm not, I wasn't very comfortable drawing a lot of attention to myself, but being in a band, all eyes are on me. Yeah. Why are they on me? I had to give them a reason to like continue checking us out. So I was like, oh crap, I gotta, I gotta change my attitude a bit. So it was weird, it's still kind of weird, but I, I loved it. It was, it was some of my, uh, some of my best memories are with those guys. I think my, my only, show with you all was like your final farewell show uh oh, when yeah. uh john was saying goodbye to the vfw and i mean now it's a it's a furniture store and i remember oh, it's so weird exactly it's so weird like, driving by it <laughs> it's it hurts like it breaks my heart and i'm sure yeah. you have like way more memories than than we do but i mean it shows mm. just how powerful that place was just bringing everyone together yeah. um but you guys absolutely destroyed it um that yeah. show was what like eight years ago now at this point like probably nine years ago at this point that was was it 2014 2013 i want to say 2013 so yeah 2013 God. i think time i think so flies man time flies. yeah it's been about a good eight years more or less <laughs> and and vicente went out to um where what is it you went to yerb to see uh me perform with pride one of pat garza's yes. and like that was nothing compared to you know, like a slow night at the VFW, like a slow night at the VFW, like there was still a garbage can being thrown around. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was epic. Those were wild times, man. It was such a small venue, man. I loved it. I miss that place a lot. I, I think I just miss that kind of environment. Yeah. You know, yeah. just kind of like going to a place, you're going to be around people you don't know, and you're going to listen to some music that might suck. Yes. But you might have a good time, you know. Yeah, I remember spending a lot of my time out that place, and it was—I I have a lot of great and fond memories of it, you know. Hell yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was so great. It was fantastic. But yeah, man. <laughs> Vicente, what about your transitions, man? <laughs> oh, hey, I'm trying to think, man. I'm sorry. I don't know how to piggyback off of like nostalgia that I don't have, unfortunately. Oh. Like, I mean, <laughs> like it's it's it is great to hear though, like the the influence that music had on both of y'all, right? <laughs> and like I've been to concerts, but nothing in, in terms of like the local scene, like the passion that goes through that, if that makes sense. And right? no, absolutely. 
Yeah, the, the local scene is much different now. And uh, I, I, I feel like I have no involvement in it. So, so I, I, I'm a little removed, but mm -hmm. I feel like there's a new resurgence of a local music scene. There's new venues popping up. I mean, there's a place called uh, uh, the House Sauce or Sauce House. Okay. Uh, it's a, they just do a bunch of house shows in a garage. It looks pretty badass. That's rad. Let's uh, see. Tropicasa has got some good stuff going on. Um, you know, I, I think people are hungry and they're looking to fill a void. Uh, I, I, I don't think there's a lot of older musicians that are still kind mm -hmm. of honoring that local music scene to a degree. Yeah. Um, and so I think this younger generation is trying to create it from the ground up. And, you know, I admire it. And I want to see it. I want to see it happen. Yeah, uh, I, I would love. I would love for my son to grow up in an area where there's an, a solid music scene. Man, I mean, how great would that be? I would love for my son to be, you know, influenced to some degree. You know, yeah, no, by yeah. Some, by some like talented kids who are just looking to get some wiggles out. You know, exactly. <laughs> Um, I feel like um, when you when you go to a local scene here, like you really do see the valley like for what it is. But you have to like peel yeah. back layers like to find mm -hmm. it because a lot of the time, I mean, just a few bands end up promoting or sometimes the promoter won't even say anything about the show. These shows just kind of happen like they just kind of pop up. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like yeah. uh, there have been like the forerunners that have really tried to put the valley music scene on the map like yourselves. I know um, the requested was a very popular name down here for the longest time. Scarlett mm -hmm. O'Hara was a signed act for, for a while, mm -hmm. like, uh, and many have tried, but, uh, they just, they kind of fell short for whatever reason it is. I mm -hmm. think, uh, geographically we, we struggle in that regard, but, uh, sure. I, I do, I completely agree with you. Like, I feel like I can't go on any social media without seeing like another local band pop up and like promoting mm -hmm. a single. And like, it gives me hope like yeah yeah i mean for what it's worth there are great bands in the valley right oh, now yeah. i mean sons of texas those guys are fucking killing it man yes those guys are wor hard working guys you know you i may not be a huge fan of their music mm -hmm. but those guys they, they've been doing this for years they oh still God, represent yeah. the valley and they're just touring i mean i think of bands like dignan and Dignan was doing big stuff man hell yeah and they were doing it all on their own too uh you know there was there was a lot of good music to come out of the valley and it was it was hard it's not hard i was i was i was i'm i am excited to have been alive and to have witnessed a lot of these musicians represent the valley yep. in a very dynamic way yeah. and uh it's been it's been fun, man, and uh, and I, I hope to continue being part of it somehow. Even with uh, with our coffee shop with Bandera, I hope that this could be a, a space for creativity and art in some in some way. Hell yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and branching into that, thank you for the sick transition, by the way. <laughs> anyway, uh, anytime. <laughs> speaking of uh, putting in the work, right, and influencing the valley, you have your own coffee shop, Bandera. Uh, coffee that's here at Harlingen and from what Chris has told me and like what we've seen on your socials uh, it, it's been built by you know the ground up so we, we wanted to take more so like a 
holistic view of how you got into coffee in the first place, right? What was the spark? What, what drew you into, you know, I'm going to make uh, not just a coffee shop, but more so like a brand and an aesthetic to go along with it. What mm -hmm. drew Absolutely. you to that vision? Uh, I can't say there is one answer. I got into mm -hmm. coffee um, just kind of by accident. Uh, my first coffee job was when I was 18. I was going to school at UTPA, uh, UTRGV now. Mm -hmm. And uh, across the street, a new coffee shop had opened up. Excuse me. And uh, my buddy, David, uh, he was the one who used to run Enthos. Um, he uh, was helping set up that coffee bar and he got me a job there. And I was there for a quick minute, but uh, it was fun. You know, I got to learn about espresso to some degree. And mind you, coffee is going through a lot of changes over the years. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I was uh, in a coffee shop that is considered second wave, which has its, uh, you know, its uh, its comforts. And there's nothing wrong with, with second wave coffee shops. But uh, that's where I started. And then uh, after that, I got another job at City Cafe, and then I started working at Barnes and Noble in the cafe there. And then I just kind of worked around coffee. I was just always around mm -hmm. it. Uh, yeah. Just uh, it was just uh, just kind of by accident. I wasn't really seeking it out per se. And then around 2005 or 2004, I'm in Illinois, and uh, I'm at a music festival called Cornerstone Festival. And this, uh, uh, I'm with the Enthos crew at the time because we have a booth set up. We're selling T-shirts there. And uh, what happened? Uh, this one guy from San Antonio, uh, he owns a coffee shop called Brown Coffee. And he comes over with this glass beaker and he starts making coffee for us. And it's uh, it's a pour over. And I'm just like, what's this, what's this nerd doing, man? You know? <laughs> and uh, he makes us some coffee. It's amazing. It blows my mind. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Where do I get this again? And so, you know, I asked him a few questions and uh, uh, the Internet is still kind of uh, it's 2005. It's up and running. Internet's up and running. I'm on MySpace mm -hmm. and uh, YouTube is at its infancy. So there's not a lot of information there. Oh, so I started looking at blogs. That's what I started doing. Mm hmm about yeah. pour over coffee so i was like oh pour over what is this you know and so i started looking up blogs and i i learned a few things and then like in 2010 uh i uh, i'm i'm at the cusp of just uh just kind of honing in my craft with uh pour over coffee and then uh my same buddy david is about to move off to austin uh, but he has visions of wanting to open up his own coffee shop as well. But he wants to hire me as a barista. So he takes me out for training in uh, San Antonio with the same guy who introduced us to pour over coffee uh, back in like 2004, 2005. I was like, oh, wow, full circle. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, yeah super, super serendipitous. Uh, and uh, but yeah, so. Uh, so we take some training. I learn a little bit more, understand what, how to use my palate a little bit more and how, how coffee is just kind of like this, this really particular fruit or however you want to see it. And uh, you, you can get so much flavor from it. And uh, I did, you know, at the time I didn't really understand flavor. 
uh, and what it meant to like uh, care for your palate and uh, you know, just uh, honing in that craft a little bit more meticulously was uh, kind of cool. And so it just, you know, uh, I got more interested after that. I uh, started uh, after that training was done and over uh, the coffee shop didn't happen for my friend. And I was like, I don't want to let this go. I'm going to continue this. I'm having fun with this. So this is my hobby. This was uh, what I'm doing. I'm into photography at the time. I'm writing music. And now I'm also uh, getting into coffee pretty hard. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, yeah. And oh, so, uh, to, sorry, not to cut you off, but like just no? to, to talk about the whole palette thing. That okay. blows my mind on, on several degrees because um, <laughs> mm -hmm. I've talked about this with my wife. Like she's very particular about like flavors and things. And I can be picky mm -hmm. about certain foods. But have you seen Ratatouille? Oh, I love Ratatouille. I love I know, Ratatouille. It's like a love curve. It's a great movie. <laughs> but like um, I forget. What is the main rat's name? I keep forgetting his name. Is it Remy? I think so. Thank you, hon. Yeah, it's Remy. I can hear like yelling from across the party. It's Remy. Um, I think I'm a meal. Remy's brother, like just eating trash, and he's like, "What are you uh -huh. doing?" It's like, "Oh, I just think it's garbage, right?" Like, like he, he doesn't know flavors and things. Like when yeah. I make coffee, I taste. It's either good coffee or bad coffee. I can't really distinguish. Like it's either burnt or, or like, it's more burnt. Like that's there yeah. you go. Yeah. So I know that there's layers to it, but I just like it's almost like another language that's almost like unintelligible to me. I, I get that. You know, uh, with uh, you know, speaking about palates and thinking about ratatouille, uh, I thought it was super fun when uh, when Remy is he the one who uh, tastes everything? Yes, that's Remy. Yeah. he's 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 a the protagonist or yes. right yeah so i thought it was super fun the way they animated how he was tasting flavor that was mm -hmm. so clever yeah. uh a lot of the a lot of the stuff uh one of the things that i take care of is trying to uh get my baristas or my newly trained baristas who have no experience in coffee whatsoever you know just kind of like you just don't know what their palate is and so mm -hmm. uh, uh, having them taste coffee and describe it to me, uh, I do use colors a lot. There's a, uh, something called a flavor wheel. And in that flavor wheel, there's all these different uh, uh, colors along it. You know, uh, like when you taste something that's kind of green or grassy, uh, just kind of in the green label area. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's cool to look at and it's, it's, right. it's separated from colors and stuff like that. And it's, it's, uh, it is, I just think it's so fun. But yeah. Uh, I would do that with our baristas and they would, uh, before I even consider introducing the idea of like, Oh, you can describe it with color and how it makes you feel. Uh, a lot of them would just start like that. I just uh, like one of them would say, Oh, this one kind of tastes like red and Brown. And does clear make any sense to you? I was like, Oh yes, absolutely. This is fun. <laughs> so yeah, that's super interesting. So sick, yeah. man. Now yeah. is the time when I unveiled to you that I worked at Starbucks for three years and you mentioned, okay. you mentioned, um, second wave coffee. Look, this is how I view, um, Starbucks. And, and I don't know if you view it the same way. Maybe I'm being a little too critical, but I feel like Starbucks mm -hmm. is like the McDonald's of coffee. Like mm -hmm. I, I, <sighs> They, they have like what they call the coffee master program and they they take you through well exactly what you kind of described and i'm sure you've heard of it i'm mm -hmm. sure you know people that have worked at starbucks and everything but i feel like um 
they weren't as eloquent as the way that you are about it. So can you break down mm. um, what separates obviously local coffee from like the big chain coffee? And maybe I'm like hitting on also like second wave coffee. You mentioned second wave earlier. So I'm super interested sure. in what that means. Sure. So uh, I'm going to do my best not to put down coffee shops. I think mm. that coffee shops and what, coffee shop owners have to offer mm -hmm. is they do things that taste good to them. Mm -hmm. And there's a market for what that flavor for, for that flavor that they have to offer okay. Starbucks being one of them and people who try to uh, replicate uh, Starbucks uh, and power all, all the power to them because you know, that's where I started. I think it has a good comfort to them uh, and, 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 and it's approachable. People mm -hmm. aren't intimidated when they step their foot into a second wave coffee shop or, or, or coffee shops that just use a ton of like uh, artificial flavors, you know? Okay. Gotcha. 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 And, 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 and that's fine. That's good. Uh, people should enjoy what they enjoy. Um, but really where, uh, the the coffee shop that Bandera. I'm sorry, your question was. Oh, I had like ten questions in one. I know. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. I guess say... to narrow it down a bit. Oh wait, sorry. Unless you you're no, comfortable no, going, go for I think it, go for it. the question stems from like what distinguishes like I think I saw on on the bio for Bandera that it's a technically defined as third wave right so like mm -hmm. what defines that yeah. and then what separates that from other coffee shops for example sure sure um okay so let's just take a, an easy one let's take Starbucks compared to Bandera um mm -hmm. uh, it's just going to be easier that way um bon Bandera, I love coffee and uh, I don't need to mask it so much with so much artificial flavor. Mm -hmm. uh, I like black coffee. I like good tasting coffee. I don't need to drown it out with milk. I don't need to drown it out with uh, vanilla syrup all the time. Uh, so uh, at Bandera, we do our best to get you the clearest example of what mm -hmm. Uh, a coffee is going to taste like uh, uh, that didn't sound right. Uh, we're no, going to get but... you a, a clean cup of coffee, mm -hmm. a good tasting clean cup of coffee. We're not going to try it. We're going to, we're going to avoid it being over roast. Uh, we're going to make sure that we get beans that are not over roasted, that each bean has been roasted with care and intention, intentionality. Right. I said that right. Yeah. I think so. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that it's not just going into a roaster, uh, without any concern. Uh, so we, we, we are selective about the coffee that we have available. Um, and then when we brew the coffee that we have available to us, everything's weighed out. Uh, we have certain temperatures for certain coffee. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, uh, everything has to be out at a certain time as well. Uh, time, temperature, weight, it, it, it's, it sounds tedious. And it is, especially if you're not used to this. Yeah. Uh, 
but it's worth it. It's so worth it. I mean, why am I gonna why am I gonna make it a chore to enjoy something as simple as a cup of coffee? You know, I, mm-hmm. I wanna I, well, growing up, growing up, I loved the smell of coffee, coffee and cigarettes. My dad and his brothers, mm-hmm. that was their morning ritual, coffee and cigarettes. But I remember tasting my dad's coffee and thinking, this stuff is terrible. Am I, <laughs> yeah. Why am I going to want to, no, I don't want to drink this when I'm older, but just mm-hmm. give me some water. I'll be fine. But, you know, I, I fell into it and, and it was like, okay, this is just what it is. I guess if I want this, I'm just going to have to get used to it. But no, man, forget that. You know, I want to taste good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that, uh, you know, I'm not saying that Starbucks doesn't want you to taste good stuff, but like you said earlier, it's kind of like the McDonald's of coffee. They have tons of coffee going in and going out. Mm -hmm. It's just constant. So they're, and I'm sure you know this. I mean, the coffee that you saw there, very oily, oh, very God, yeah. glossy. Yes. Yeah. The that, beans that, looked that, like they had been dipped in like water. Like they looked, yeah. they seriously looked wet. It was it gross. It's just wet. Yeah. It's, what it is is that that coffee has just been over roasted and that coffee has just been sweating out all those like good acids and mm-hmm. good enzymes. It's just burning away and it's just coating the outside of that, of that coffee bean now. And it's, it's, it's not tasty. It's not tasty whatsoever. Yeah. And so that's, that's why you get, you get uh, so much milk, so much sugar and other stuff to mask it up. And at the time, at at that point, you're just trying to get caffeine. You're just trying to get something sweet, sweet and caffeine, you know, and it's more of a necessity than anything else. Yeah. But cool. You know, enjoy it. If that's what you enjoy, enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. And I want I want people to taste something better and know that coffee can taste better than just like black garbage, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which All sounds the, uh, like one of those black metal bands that we were talking oh about earlier, gosh. like straight up. <laughs> It'd be sick. I think there is something to say about like, I, I know you mentioned how um, Starbucks seems like a bit more like approachable or comfortable in a sense. Uh, but in terms of like what Bandera and other local coffee shops are able to bring to the table in mm-hmm. terms of like giving a genuine look to each customer about, you know, how can we approach coffee, but in a way that's more, you know, mm-hmm. I guess more intense and, and I don't want to overuse genuine, but genuine flavors of the mm-hmm. coffee instead of something that's masked, like you were saying. Um, mm-hmm. There is that level of comfort that you can bring to, to your patrons, right? Um, yes. I use the Chemex for my coffee um, mm-hmm. and it changed my life. And that's like, I, I don't think it's like too much of a different step, but just mm-hmm. like the difference in intention, I think yeah. brings a lot to the table when it comes Absolute. to your shop that I've been to. And is like, I, I always get freaked out. I know I'm like changing tangents like crazy but i always get freaked out whenever i try something i'm like why is this so good like again mm-hmm. i know it's good i know it's not <laughs> garbage like the ratatouille mm-hmm. but but still like it's just like it just blows my mind like why is this so good and it gets me curious as to like mm-hmm. what makes this different from everything else yeah. um so i don't know if you want to go too much into it right but i know you had a lot of descriptions about um 
the difference in prep time or temperatures and things like that. But I, we just mm -hmm. brought up like beans in particular. Um, sure. Is there anything in particular that separates or, or rather distinguishes your beans to make them taste the way that they are? I don't know if that question makes sense, really. Uh, I No, that makes sense. Uh, I get that. Um, I don't think I'm sorry. I'm moving around. I've been cross-legged. What? No, you're good. Uh, man. Um, so, uh, so we don't roast our own coffee. Uh, that is a venture I would love to get into, mm -hmm. uh, eventually. Uh, yes. Uh, so right now what we do is we reach out to other roasters around the area, uh, um, Texas or what, you know, whoever that we've heard of, we've got samples from, we test out how they've approached their coffee. Um, so right now uh, we have coffee from uh, Denton, Texas, from a coffee shop there called uh, Edison. And so they get, they get pounds and pounds of these uh, big bags full of uh, unroasted coffee, mm -hmm. okay, or uh, coffee beans. And then they go ahead and roast them. But they're very uh, particular about how long uh, it's roasting for, when they actually get that heat, and how quick that heat is supposed to be turned off. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, other third wave coffee shops that are into that are in the roasting business as well uh, will approach it the same way. To uh, you know, I, you would hope hope so anyway. Yeah. But a lot of these uh, coffee shops are very smart about how they roast their coffee. Um, so we, are uh, we'll, we'll start creating a relationship with, a uh, 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 some of these roasters like Edison and, uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, man, uh, like we have Edison on, on espresso right now, mm -hmm. and we have a couple of this stuff available for pour overs. And then, uh, we also have another roaster and th that's the beauty about, uh, that's one thing I like about our shop right now is that uh, we can bring different approaches to it could be the same coffee uh, from other coffee shops, okay. uh, other roasters, you know, and we can have that in Bonvetta. Uh, so right now we have Methodical and Edison, and we're soon uh, going to be uh, going to be carrying a super thing uh, out of Austin. And uh, uh, but yeah, uh, so. I mean, there are coffee shops in the Valley that are doing this uh, as well. Seventh and Park is doing that. Uh, uh, Sovereign Coffee is doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and yeah, you know, um, uh, but when we get those coffees in, um, we're trying to do well to make sure that the customer gets a good cup of coffee obviously but not yeah. only that we're trying to represent the coffee very well and so we'll go through a process called cupping just trying to get an idea of what the coffee tastes like uh before we brew it actually actually brew it and then um and then we just start uh dialing it in uh by dialing it in some coffee beans will have to be ground at a at a, at a maybe a more finer grind size Mm -hmm. Was other coffees typically like blends or even just like uh, even South American coffees, uh, Central America coffees. Uh, let's take a, a safe, uh, for instance, a coffee from Mexico like Oaxaca 
has uh, some good coffee co coming out of there recently. Um, but uh, those coffee beans uh, have a tendency to be a little bit bigger uh, in its size. So those uh, don't need to be grounded so fine. And so there's, and we can go deep into like, uh, you know, elevation, how that's a factor in your coffee and why it matters, uh, the soil that it's grown in. Yeah, no, it's just mind blowing. Like take for instance, there's uh, the first coffee that blew my mind was a coffee from uh, a Kenyan coffee. And uh, what I love about Kenyan coffee is it's just so weird. Mm -hmm. uh, they, the first time I had it, tasted like ketchup in my mouth. Ooh. I was like, what is this? What's going on? Why, why am I tasting ketchup? And uh, I, I later on, I, I learned that the, the, the area that it's grown in also had a lot of tomatoes in the area. Oh, so that had uh, an effect on the, on the, on the soil that the, the coffee trees were growing in. I was like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why would I, I would never have expected that. <laughs> you know, like, so, yeah. As if like being a local business owner isn't like stressful enough, the way that you mm -hmm. described Vendetta's role in distributing coffee sounds like I, I had like a mini, mini, mini panic attack. Like while you were explaining <laughs> that it's your job to present these coffees and how you do have all of this variety and it, and it makes sense, mm -hmm. you know, because like you walk yeah. into a coffee shop and you'll see like a menu board and to the mm -hmm. average person, like I worked at Starbucks, but let's be honest, like I wasn't paying attention to anything. I was just reading sure. off a chart, but you see these menu boards and it says like today's coffee is brought to you by, you know, so-and-so and it was grown out of so-and-so. And I'll be completely honest. Um, I mean, uh, to the listener, I, I visit your coffee shop, most days out of the week and i got uh, i got i got curious because i th i saw the like you have a methodical banner or something like behind mm -hmm. the bar and i started googling it and i was like oh snap like you guys don't roast like your own stuff but instead you're like bringing awareness to you know are of these other roasters and of these other businesses and i think that's like i think that's amazing like yeah it's it's fun man yeah. i mean you know, thinking about owning a business and owning a business in the valley. Yes. Uh, in, the, in the valley in 2021, um, it's weird. You know, uh, the landscape is just about to change. SpaceX is in town. Yeah. Lots right. of people are moving to the valley for it. And we have a small coffee shop that's representing the valley. Mm -hmm. uh, but not just the valley, but we're also representing south carolina with uh methodical yeah we're representing denton and then we're representing parts of the world uh ethiopia yemen kenya uh colombia you know just all these different parts of the world inside our little coffee shop in harlingen texas yes Crazy. that's incredible <laughs> yeah. man yeah if there's something to speak oh you know go go go, go for Oh, there's, there's something to speak to, like, I guess the the expertise that, that comes along with that, right? Like all these different influences from the, from the beans from all over the world. Uh, but your shop is the only one that makes it in your particular way, right? So it's like you, you putting not just your brand on it, but just your own vision. It, it's coming mm -hmm. into like effect almost. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I know we, we talked a little bit about it, I think before we started recording, uh, but it also in terms of like aesthetic for your shop, you have a okay. very particular line of uh, merch, which seems mm -hmm. like 
fantastic to, to look at. Chris, I don't know if you want to delve a little bit more into it. Sure. You, you I own a lot I, of it. I treat <laughs> I treat you all um releasing merch like the way that um these hype beasts treat like supreme drops. <laughs> like <laughs> I bought uh the glass on the day that you all released the glass, which um i don't know if that's like a permanent logo but i absolutely love it um i'm glad you love it i love it i broke my glass oh bummer but um the minute they come back on the market i have uh i have no my wife and i each have three shirts i have a hat and i have a beanie and i have the pennant up in my classroom like oh very fun when we talk about like aesthetic like going back to local music right like some bands just know how to capitalize on an image. Um, mm-hmm. And absolutely you always see like those people that are wearing that band's t-shirt. And like, if you were to walk up to them and ask them to name like three songs, they wouldn't be able to name like one song, let alone three. <laughs> when it comes down to aesthetic though, like I think you guys just absolutely nailed it. Like what, what inspires like the images, what inspires like the craft behind like your merchandise? Man, honestly, uh, you don't have to look far. It's not that hard. It, it, I think I, I say that and not, not, not trying to be proud uh, about that, but you know, mm-hmm. like I love the Valley. I know the Valley. Uh, and, you know, speaking about when we opened up a shop in Harlingen, mm-hmm. uh, we had initially talked about how we wanted to open up a coffee shop just in general and but when we first started our conversation was like let's get out of the valley let's go to somewhere like seattle oh why would we want to do that that sounds fun but we don't know seattle (laughs) we have no we have no background there we have no support there we'd be going there with nothing to offer uh, with nothing to offer so when we decided to stay here, it wasn't because it was necessarily easy, but we know the area, we know the people, um, and we are Valley proud. I mean, why can't we be Valley proud in a lot of ways, you know? And I think that the aesthetic that, you know, that we have for the shop, you know, the, 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 the graphic images on the wall, the banners that we have up, uh, you know, it's just growing up in the Valley, uh, you don't really appreciate it for what it is until sometimes you're, you're in your thirties and you're like, holy crap, this is home. And I yeah. love this place. And, uh, and, you know, I think it's just, a for us, you know, with, with Bondetta, let's talk about the name real quick. When we were first going to start out, we were going to call it Banner Coffee in the Valley. Open up a coffee shop called Banner. But when we came up with the name, it was really about, you know, we were walking around our, our place and we saw that we hung up different flags or, or, or different things that represented who we are as, as, an, as individuals, as a couple. And, um, and then it was like, yeah people hang up banners let's, let's go with banner coffee but you know living in the valley that doesn't translate very well mm-hmm. so we went with bandera and uh and so yeah and so thinking about bandera and harlingen we wanted bandera to be a place where people 
felt like this was home, you know, like I want to represent this place because it represents me. And how does it, how am I going to represent a, 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 a group of people that I have no connection with? Oh, well, we all, we're all connected through the Valley and the Valley isn't just one place. I mean, it's so weird to think uh, how the Valley extends from like the tip of Brownsville, Texas, all the way to uh, Benitas or uh, what have you, you know, past mission. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's funny. Uh, it, it's so cool because uh, Bandera isn't just in Harlingen, but it's in the Valley and it, it's fun to be part of the Valley, you know, but yeah. Uh, yeah. The Valley just influenced that aesthetic. It's easy to define. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think uh, we do take some influence from a lot of like, um, I don't know. No, 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 I can't really say we take any influence from, I, I, I'm sure we get influence from other coffee shops as well. You know, you see other places doing badass stuff. Yeah, It's hard to not want to be like, oh, how can I recreate that for us, you know? It is yeah. it is hard to pin it down to like a single description, but I think that that mm-hmm. also speaks to I guess the the volumes to which our culture speaks for itself. If that Absolutely. makes sense, right? Like it's yeah, not a particular this... style or aesthetic, but it does signify that nostalgia, and then just you know that you are here in the valley, right? right? Yeah. It's right. not a single place, but it's an amalgamation of all these different voices all coming together at once. Yeah. And it's so weird, man. It's so weird when we get some like out of towners coming to the shop for the first time and it's like, oh, wow, this place reminds me of Marfa or I feel like I've seen this place or it could have been like in Austin. It's like, I'm glad you feel that way, but you're still in the valley. Like give the valley <laughs> some credit, you know, right. it doesn't you don't have to be in Austin or Marfa to think that something looks cool or great, you know, just kind of say like. Maybe maybe approach this differently with like, wow, this is a great place. I love seeing places like this in the valley. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, representing the valley, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking yeah. to that, by the way, like like um, you know, outsiders coming in and then just like people visiting the shop in particular, we bring it up every time because it's just like um, the ever present entity that is COVID, right? Thankfully, mm-hmm. fingers crossed, things are getting better. Uh, yeah. As time's moving forward, but you uh, yourself, you know, managing your your own shop, uh, how have you seen it like influence people's, I guess, willingness to you know go out to look for these kind of individualistic experiences, especially with your coffee shop? How has it affected right. you and your shop? Um. So when COVID first started, or was coming around, it was so strange. Uh, Obviously, I think everybody felt it. And uh, uh, we actually had to close shop for about a month. We lost mm-hmm. a couple of employees due to it, uh, due to COVID, not because of the shop closing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it was a rough time, but uh, we weren't ready to let it die. So we picked back up. Uh, we were doing curbside uh, only. And then uh, as things were getting better and masks were a little bit more... Uh, you know, people were a little bit more friendlier to masks at the time and being a little bit more cautious about how they approach the public because man, like after if I learned about one thing from COVID is like germs are everywhere. I'm just yes. like, I got to wash my hands all the time. I just feel super dirty all the time. And, uh, but, uh, but man, uh, people were stuck at home and, uh, 
students, college students specifically, who are stuck at home, business owners, uh, businessmen and women uh, just stuck at home. And I think everybody, a lot of people were just looking for a way out. And Bandera was kind of that place. We have Wi-Fi, there's tables for seat, uh, sitting, and you don't have to have that commitment to a meal, but rather just a cup of coffee. Uh, and you can hang on to that while you get through some work. And if you're meeting with somebody else, you don't have to be chewing food to have your conversation and have your, your drink, a few drinks or whatever, you know? And so, uh, so yeah, people were ready to get back out. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm thankful that we haven't had a, a, too much of pushback for how we approached COVID uh, through uh, as cautiously as we had been. And, uh, you know, people were still receptive and excited to be at Bandera. Business has only gotten better. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, it's been, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but COVID was kind of good to us, you know? We were able to bounce back. We were able to purchase new machines. Yeah. Uh, I was able to hire a whole new team and train up a whole bunch of new baristas. Right. And uh, yeah, and uh, you know, it's 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 a lot of hard work, but I'm here for it, man. It's good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, like I think a... that's the silver lining that everybody, um, I think, is trying to find. Yours was apparent. Others are still trying to find that silver lining mm -hmm. that 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 COVID left them with. Um, but yeah. yeah. Oh, just to speak on that a little bit, like there is like I just got hit with like a wave of nostalgia of like late nighters at college, like just going mm -hmm. to a coffee shop. Yeah. I I was in Laredo at the time, but still it was like almost like a safe haven, right? Like mm -hmm. I didn't know what was happening at home. I didn't know what was happening in like other places, but I knew if I go there, it, it's certainty, right? I got comfort yeah. in the coffee. My caffeine adult brain is like trying to make pages <laughs> appear in front of me uh to get assignments yeah. turned in but like it was it was that sense of comfort and that's yeah, that's fascinating to hear that that's still true to the people you know today in spite of like COVID's an entirely different beast right yeah. but they're still mm -hmm. looking for that comfort and your shop's able to provide that that's yeah. fantastic yeah. I, I i think coffee shops in general for what it's worth uh have that have that going for them for sure and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only coffee shop that's feeling that uh, kind of resurgence of people wanting to be somewhere and just, I don't know, tune out or maybe just to be seen or what have you. But I think there's this new kind of uh, energy where people are just looking for coffee shops. Man, what are coffee shops doing right now? Yeah. Uh, they're, 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 they're cool, man. Coffee shops are fun and they're popping up. They're popping up a lot. Yeah. Do you think that um, more so like people are willing to take more risks now because of COVID? Like I know we get a lot of shit because we started this podcast during the pandemic and everyone was starting a podcast yeah. during the pandemic because everybody was forced <laughs> to stay at home. Because I remember when we announced it, um, I got a, a few messages from uh, a few friends saying like, oh, like you're starting a podcast like about what? And we're like, oh, like we're local lingua and we're spotlighting. We're, we're shining this light on, on local businesses and, and people that are doing great things in the community. And they're like, oh, 
but like you're just another podcast and it's like no <laughs> no we're, we're not so the question is like do you think that more people are going to be willing to, to take these risks are there going to be is there going to be like a fourth wave of of coffee shops or i guess more third wave coffee shops uh you know uh i am not sure uh i will say that oh, yeah it's so weird uh but I'm not going to say, I'm not going to call them risks right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, there was uh, maybe a few months ago, uh, Ashley had a customer come up to her, uh, just moved down to the valley from, I want to say it was like Alabama or something like that. And they moved down for, they moved down for SpaceX. And uh, the question that he had asked Ashley was, uh, uh, what did he say? He said, like, hey, just moved here. Uh, we're looking to open up a coffee shop in the valley. Where do you think we should open up a coffee shop? Ooh. And it's just such a weird question. Like, whoa, yeah. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, she seems kind of taken back. And w when, I, when she was telling me this, I was like, I, I don't know how I would have answered that. With, uh, uh, I don't know how would, I would have answered that gently. Because mm -hmm. it it was very much like, yes, people are going to be opening up coffee shops. People are going to be opening up businesses here in the Valley. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that more locals, uh, you know, find the courage and find whatever energy they need to get uh, what big or what little vision they have for something good for the Valley. I hope they take it and they run with it before somebody else outside of that Valley comes in and takes over the the landscape with their vision that's so true uh and 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 i you know i, I hope i hope that uh our people and, and i say that uh i don't know how i say that but i hope the valley <laughs> uh, valley people right, uh, right. I, I do hope they take uh find some courage um because honestly when i when we took on this venture yeah I'm not a business owner. I went to school to be a youth pastor. Uh, and I worked in a church for six years. And uh, when I left, I left with intention of opening up this coffee shop with no real experience, um, no understanding of finances uh, or what it meant to create a menu or to even create new baristas. Uh, but I went for it. Yep. And we're still we're still doing this uh, three years. Uh, I, I, we went through hurdles. We were, went through uh, whatever we had to, but everything is available online. And uh, you just got to look for it. If, you, if you're serious about any vision that you're that you have, you, you'll make it happen, Absolutely. you know, and uh, I, I, I hope more people do. If uh, if I don't see it, that's just because I'm a, I'm a little bogged down with uh other stuff that i gotta deal with uh but you know i really do hope that more uh valley locals do uh uh, uh take some risks in, uh, in, in, in pursuing a, a passionate thing yeah you know investing back yeah. into like the culture that has given so much to them whether or not they know it right like yeah. just the influences that are kind of like speaking in the back of their heads um and, yeah. and kind of like what you said earlier, even with the music scenes, like we may not necessarily be super, I guess, 
uh, aware of everything that's going on, but that doesn't mean that the void isn't going to be filled with something, whether it's us <laughs> or, or something else, it's going to be there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, just taking a, taking a quick, like, I guess in terms of Banderas, taking a oh, quick, yeah, quick side tangent on one thing that I, I do want to discuss real quick, because Thomas hit on it multiple points. And there's something that I've been wanting to discuss with you, uh, Vicente is, um, about the valley itself, like I'm not from here. I moved here in 2008, but I've lived in multiple states. And when, like, the second I stepped foot out of the car, I told myself, as soon as I'm 18, I'm like, I'm flying the coop. Like, I'm leaving. Like, this place is not, it's flat. Like, it's flat. Like, it has like nothing. And now, like, I have my family here like we have stability here we have a home here like i'm not leaving like when i go to <laughs> austin when i go to houston when i go visit you know my parents outside of texas i want to come back like this is yeah. this is my hub so like <laughs> what i i guess what i want to ask like i know thomas touched on it but i guess this question is for vicente like i'm gonna interview you for a second is like <laughs> hey nice change of pace have you um have you kind of experienced the same thing at one point or another where it's like you maybe took it took the valley for granted even just like like just a smidge um mm -hmm. and you have found yourself like re rethinking its role in your life oh absolutely um i i think i don't know what it is about like just your your parents influence or like your family's influence really yeah. on you uh, like when you're a kid, I don't know if it happens to everyone, but there is that like shout of rebellion at the back of the head. That's oh, hell I'm yeah. getting out of here. I'm going to do yeah. this. I'm going to yeah. leave and do something. I'm going to get tattoos um, and yeah. Like, right. It's like a face <laughs> mom. I'm going to be me. And so like, like there is something about like pursuing something that's genuine to, to your self-expression. Yeah. But uh, I found it like with my parents as well, their goal has always been, we need to come back here uh, to the Valley right and that's where they're from and we moved around a lot but in spite of all that movement this was always considered home and, and i think uh like a lot of our listeners are you know from the valley or at yep. least are, are no knowledgeable of it and for something being like so non-distinguishable as like a single place if that makes sense like it's just this mm -hmm. area yeah. it, it still feels so like you were saying earlier about the different bands, like unique in their own way, they have their own ways of expressing it, but there is always something about returning back home and just that importance yep. of that. And the places that we can call home that are here, like your coffee shop, right? Yep. There is no other bandera anywhere else in Texas. And it's only here in the Har in Harlingen and in the Valley. And so like mm -hmm. just being able to see that, uh, there's nothing that can replace it, to be honest. Mm. Awesome. Thank yeah, you. So, yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for continuing to like, you know, contribute to the Valley so much. We, we got just like a couple of last questions to ask you, by the way. Um, if you would like to plug your socials, right, places where people can find you or next ventures, uh, you know, where can people reach out to see where you are at? Uh, typically and mostly we use uh, Instagram. Instagram is just, yeah, it's just what we know right now. Uh, yeah. I do want to get involved with TikTok a little bit more. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm doing. You're, you're braver than us, dude. You're like so much braver than us willing to willing to go into that route. You that know, it, 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 like drinking it, 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 kind of thing or for something. I don't know. Maybe do a Twitch stream of just like lattes oh, all day. You know, 
I love it. But for what it is right now, uh, Instagram, we're on there. Uh, you can always find us there. We have a Facebook. We hardly use it. I deleted my personal one. Um, yeah. Google, if you need to find out hours, if anything else is happening, you, you can always look on Google. Uh, we don't have a LinkedIn. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's like pretty much the- it corporate world though but like y- y'all have a, your own website as well if not we have a website as well yes we have a website uh bandedacoffeeco.com and uh you uh you can find our merch there you can order online there as well um yeah and learning all of that has been that's been a thing that i had to do as well you yeah. know but yeah so like in in recap um i think that you show like an enthusiasm for being a proud valleyite um and i think i don't know like i'm leaving this inspired like i want to go start up a business or a podcast or something <laughs> um but like i don't know you 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 really touched on um this idea that the valley doesn't have to be the way that you know 14 year old chris like viewed it of yeah. like being this very flat this very like very boring very uh yeah very boring place so like i guess leaving with words of of wisdom or words of reflection like what is something that you what is something that the valley has taught you i know that we've we've touched on tiny little things but Mm -hmm. what is what is something that resonates with you oh man diversity man oh oh big time i i i was so narrow-sighted as a kid, you know, uh, to some degree, I, I had a good upbringing. I, I came from a good family. I come from a good family. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I was stupid in a lot of ways. And it wasn't until maybe my, my mid-20s where I started to realize how diverse the valley really is. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to go far to experience life. You really don't. And I think... When I was a kid, it was, or I say that, but I feel like it was even up to into my 20s. But when I was younger, it was definitely, I felt like the valley was holding me back. But it's myself. The entire time, it's myself holding me back. Yeah. Uh, the valley has so much potential for growth. And, you know, if I want to see anything happen, if anybody wants to see anything happen, they just got to try. Absolutely. And uh, I bring I brought up, I brought up diversity because I felt like there was nothing here, but there's so much and the people have so much to offer. And our culture, the, the large Mexican culture in the Valley is so rich. Mm-hmm. It's so colorful and so beautiful and, you know, and I think that's where I, I lose sight of it because I'm Mexican and that's all I know. And uh, I had to, like, it's, almost, you know, I didn't go very far for, for too long. But when I felt like I removed myself from the valley for just a minute, it felt weird. I felt outside. And, you know, maybe that was good for me, a little bit of culture shock to some degree being around just not a Mexican culture for, uh, for a long period of time. And when I came back, you know, 
when I travel, I've been able to travel quite a bit uh, for short periods of time. But whenever I'm out of the state, I feel like I just don't feel right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I used to knock the valley for no, not having enough diversity, but it's just here. And, uh, you know, we're about to see a lot more of it. Uh, you know, um, it's, it's going to be an interesting time in the valley. The valley's about to see a lot of new stuff, a lot of new people, especially with, uh, you know, not, not to be super political, but uh, with uh, the, the Haitian immigrants coming across the border, mm-hmm. uh, the border right. crisis in general. There's a lot of new cuisines that can come out from there, a lot of new languages that are going to come from there. Uh, we're about to see a whole new boom in the valley, and I'm ready for it. I'm going to be here. I'm a part of it now, some some way. And I'm not going to run away from it. I'm going to embrace it. And I, I'm excited to be part of it. You know, uh, it's it's crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and we're excited to, to be on that journey with you, right? Yes. Documenting yeah. as we go. And especially for the Twitch streams and TikToks <laughs> that you make. <laughs> Looking forward to those. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have much of a personality face on the Instagram. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll, we'll try. I, I got to get out of that. I got to get out of not being comfortable. So there you go. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it brought you here. So, you yeah. know, best wishes, right. To the future of yeah. Bandera. It's Absolutely. already going strong. Yes. So we're looking thank you, forward thank to you. seeing more of it. And thank you again for joining us for local lingua pod. Uh, I'm Vicente Lopez. I'm this Christopher is... Collins. I'm Thomas Garcia. Are... Wonderful. You're a pro, man. We need to have you back on. Hey, you do. (laughs) Awesome.